the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as we are each and every day from 3 to 5. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And uh, I want to remind you that uh, voting happens uh, next Tuesday, not tomorrow, but next Tuesday. But it happens right now if you got your ballot. So don't forget and uh, bank your vote early. I know there's some people who don't think you should do that, but you should do that. Just get it in and drop it in the mailbox and it'll get there. It it will. But uh, f- Tuesday is your last day. We'll talk about that a little bit more later in the week. One of the things that's been a pretty big story in the news or social media, we talked about this a little bit on Friday, but I wanted to get more into it because there's kind of an extended version of it. And it was this comment made on MSNBC by uh, Heidi Prisbala, I think is how you say her name. And uh, this is what I want you to hear. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. So that comment has uh, just blown up everywhere because she, you know, she doesn't seem to understand the concept of where our rights come from. And it's super important because as Americans, part of our founding, part of the history of what led up to the United States is the idea that our rights come from God, not from government. And that matters because if you don't believe that, and I know that some people don't, if you're an atheist, well, then you can't believe that. So you have to come up with some other humanitarian way of saying it. But the problem is it's still from government. And there's, you know, we'll get into this conversation here a little bit because of some other things she said. And that's what I want to do is I want to You probably heard that clip I just played before. That's the one that's everywhere. But there was actually a longer part of that. And I started to get into this Friday, and we had open line, and we didn't get there. But I thought it might be important just for us to have some conversation and to understand the place where – how Christians are viewed. How do you think Christians are viewed in the world today by people who aren't? And, you know, what is the perception – and I don't mean – Part of it is perception that is interesting, but I think also what is a Christian is the is the question. Like, what actually is a Christian? What actually is the church? How does the church function? And I'm asking that, and I'm going to play, when I play these clips, you'll see some of those things come out. I think that, that even maybe for a lot of Christians, we don't understand the answers to a lot of that question, those questions. I've worked with a lot of media in different places, and I can't tell you, however, I'm, whenever I'm called by a news organization because there's some Christian event that they want me to speak on, or especially if it's something happening in a church or other things, how confused 
so many people are in the news about the difference between, you know, Baptist and Lutheran or Catholic and Protestant or, you know, the idea that not all Christians are kind of, you know, the same as far as how they do church. And I think it's because we have a culture that is so unchurched now. So many people who never went to church, they never, they get taught maybe Christianity from a strictly, you know, uh, uh, you know, paper educational, you know, Christians believe this, and then, you know, Buddhists believe this, and Hindus, you took a class on world religions or something in college, and that's what you got. But if you've never really gone, or maybe you see Christians in politics or Christians on the news or different things like that, you you get a perception. But if you've never gone, um, maybe you don't get it. Or maybe you think everybody does church the way you've done it. You ever go to a church and it's just completely different? <laughs> Doesn't mean wrong or bad. Just uh, sometimes it does, but not every time. So I think this is this is worth it because I think something for us to understand is the world is not going to understand Christ followers. And I think that's biblical. They're not. And that's the way it is. But I think if we don't get that ourselves, it makes it more difficult to communicate with people if we're assuming that they understand more than they do. Does that make sense to you? The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. So the way this happened at MSNBC is uh, the interview began with uh, Michael Steele. Michael Steele, I think he's still a Republican. He used to be the chairman of the Republican uh, Party, but he's uh, very much against the direction of the Republican Party today. And this is how he opened up his question uh, to uh, Heidi Prisbyla. So – on the other side, Heidi, you've got the new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, who's not afraid to wear his Christianity on his sleeve, on his sleeve, his collar, his lapel, his head, wherever he can wear it. Um, how do members react to that? How are they responding to this real strong infusion of Christian nationalism into the body politic of the House? So did you hear all of those descriptions? Now, so what's confusing is uh, Mike Johnson, who's the new Speaker of the House, he is an evangelical Christian, and there, and he's outspoken. He had a, before, I don't know if he still has it now that he's the Speaker of the House, because I'm sure he's busy, but he had a podcast, Christian podcast, and if you're a church goer, particularly if you are um, in what you would call evangelical Christianity, which is also hard to explain these days, right? But you, if you're in a church that believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, he's the only way to get to God, that you believe that the Bible is true, and uh, you believe that part of the job of the church is to share the gospel and to make disciples, you are probably an evangelical in the big picture of that. Now, that word that gets you know, I think framed in so many different ways today, you got to understand that maybe when I say evangelical, it means something different to a whole bunch of people who are listening right now. And maybe I can do a better job at trying to explain that. Evangelical in itself is not not a word you have to hold on to, but it's a descriptive word. Um, maybe it means somebody who considers themselves born again, but then there's born again, and then there's born again, right? There's a, There's different ways that people use these terms. And I think if you're not well-versed on what the church is, you don't really know. So listen to how he's describing. And what I'm getting at here is I think if you have not spent a lot of time in church, it confuses you or it's odd that you would be somebody in public life, whether that means Speaker of the House or politician, but it can also mean at your workplace. You know, if you're, you know, if you're working at a church, hopefully you're open about your faith. But else, you know, otherwise, you know, 
there's probably, you might be that person who you've got a cross on your desk or you have your Bible there or there's a Bible verse on a plaque. You're open about your faith. And uh, that's not something everybody does. So here's, listen to what he says again. So on the other side, Heidi, you've got the new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, who's not afraid to wear his Christianity on his sleeve, on his sleeve, his collar, his lapel, his head, wherever he can wear it. Um, how do members react to that? How are they responding to this real strong infusion of Christian nationalism into the body politic of the House? So what he does is he uses the term Christian nationalism, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of in vogue to say that, but he applies that. And what you're going to hear here is he, that term gets applied to anybody who might have a, who is a Christian who might have an opinion about what's going on in the world. And there are Christians who have the wrong views. We'll get into that in a little bit here, uh, who have a view that say, says we need to become a theocracy or things like that. But there's very few of those people, actually, who really would be what I would say they're going for. And what it is, it's a confusion about why someone would wear um, their Christian on, on their sleeves, or like he kind of mockingly says on his lapel and on his head and on his arm. Uh, here is uh, Heidi's response. I've talked with a lot of experts on this, and I've seen it myself with my reporting, Michael, which is that the base of the Republican Party has shifted, right? Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the divorced, uh, you know, real estate mogul who right. had cheated on his wife and with a porn star and all of that, right? All right. So a lot of this conversation has to do with Donald Trump and what's going on in the election. But what I really want you to focus on here is what is said about Christians from somebody who says that she talked to a whole lot of experts. I've talked with a lot of experts on this. and I've No, she didn't, obviously, because she's going to get a lot of things wrong or kind of mixed up. And I'm not trying to criticize her because I, I think what she's saying, I guess I'm being critical a little bit, but but it's not really my point. I think that what she's saying reflects what a lot of people just think. And so if you go talk to experts, it's you think that those are the experts, but I've talked with a lot of experts not. on this, and I've seen it myself with my reporting, Michael, which is that the base of the Republican Party has shifted, right? Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the divorced uh, you know, real estate mogul who right. had cheated on his wife and with a porn star and all of that, right? So that's probably true, that part of thing. Mainline, just be careful with that because there's in church, you know, mainline evangelical, I don't know what that is because and maybe I'm the one confused, but mainline typically means your old school denominations, okay? There are, there are seven or eight old denominations that were mainline, Episcopal Church, uh, and then there's multiple denominations kind of in some of these. If you're listening and you don't get church, this is this is part of the deal. There's the Episcopal Church, the United Methodist Church, which is not the same as all the Methodists, okay? The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, not the same as the Lutherans Missouri Synod. Um, Presbyterian Church USA, not the same as Presbyterian Church of America. Um, does that surprise you? United Church of Christ, American Baptist churches, not the same as the Southern Baptist churches or the 500 other Baptist denominations that exist. Uh, and I'm a Baptist, I can say that. Uh, and there are, there, I think there's 200 or something. There's many different ones. Disciples of Christ, uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church. Those are usually considered mainline. And today, many of those churches, not all, are pretty liberal on the scale. And they're, some of them are very, very active in politics, but they would be on the very, very liberal side. So there was no consideration one way or the other about Donald Trump or any other Republican. So she's she is bringing... 
I think this big question of why some people might uh, think the way they do. Then she says this. So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element. You're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups of apostolic reformation, the the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very... Uh, very schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. No, they don't. There's uh, there's like one person out of that group, and I don't even want to get into it, but they're not a biblical group at all. Okay, that's a group, New Apostolic Reference. It's a group of people who are self-appointed apostles who get a lot of followings, and they put on some big events, but they, they ultimately implode in a lot of falsehoods and other things, you know, fake healings and things, you know. There was a, there's a famous group of them you can watch. This, by the way, is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's a group that has had some influence in, in different ways, but it's usually short-termed. And they claim that they're the new apostles, just the same as the apostles from the Bible. You know, so Peter and John and uh, Paul, and then also these new guys today, who you've probably never heard of, but maybe you have. One of those people was in Donald Trump's circle of pastors who prayed with him, one of them. And uh, yes, I wish that she wasn't there, but I'm glad that, that any president wants people to come in and pray if I were president, I would be very discerning probably of which people I would call in to pray, although I would probably bring in people you know, through anywhere in Orthodox Christianity. I think I would do that. But I don't want to bring somebody in who teaches some falsehood. So that's kind of the connection. But that was just one person. and But it is something I think for Christians and even non-Christians to understand and to acknowledge that there are some Christians out there who do some things that aren't really... Uh, certainly not biblical and are not true. And truth at the end of the day is something that is going to be connected with Jesus and falsehood is going to be connected with the devil. And there's some pretty wild stuff. One of those guys, uh, I was saying, you know, he was brought into the apostles fold. You can watch all this somewhere on YouTube. And uh, all these guys came around him and prayed about, prayed over him and prayed that, you know, he's obviously called by God and he's got all these great gifts and God has great things planned for him. And I'm not even kidding. The very next day, it came out that he was having an adulterous affair and that he was going to leave his wife and four kids for this other younger person. And also, by the way, he's usually drunk with alcohol, not the spirit while he's on the stage. And you think, you know, if all these guys are apostles, you'd think they would have discerned that. I mean, most people watching the the video discerned that pretty easily. So, but what I'm saying to you here, and this is one of the things, and I don't even want to get into those guys, is there's a definition here that these are the people who are Christians who have opinions, not just about Donald Trump or those things, but the school board stuff, the local things. And that's the narrative that is being promoted by many people, sometimes deliberately because they do know better, sometimes because, though, I think that's a bubble that people have been living in. So that's the place where then she says this. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. See, and that's where the, the breakdown is. It is part of 
the belief of our country that civil rights come from God. If they don't, then they come from government. And if they come from government, then this is something you got to understand. That means that Joe Biden determines your rights and Donald Trump determines your rights, or he did before or he might do again. And whoever is president after that will determine your rights, not just president, but Congress and everybody. And and part of the the issue here is that it's a complete misunderstanding of our country and how we came to be and what is penned in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The idea that that isn't something that's granted to you by the government, which means the government can just take it away. It's granted to you by God, which means nobody can take it away except God. And you see the the difference in that. It it matters greatly. Uh, it matters that we see that greatly. And the, the Christian nationalism thing, for sure, there are Christians who have a worldview that is wrong about where the world is going. Like there's a view out there that says that actually Christians are going to just take over the world and then Jesus is going to come back. Um, I don't read the Bible that way. It seems like things are going to get pretty difficult for the followers of God at the end and more and more difficult. It's what Jesus says. Don't be deceived. People will hate you because of me. You know, all of those things. He doesn't say, you know, uh, when you take over the uh, all the governments of the world, then I'll come back. Okay. Uh, not what he says. Um, but we should keep in mind that what drives our country in the right way for dealing with the immorality of our country or the struggles, the sins of our nation, it's only a sin if we are sinning against the rights that God has given. Otherwise, we're just going against whatever, a sin against the party. And that's wrong. Uh, where did what was behind the drive of abolitionists of slavery? Slavery had existed in every country, did exist in every country of the world for as far back as you can recall in human history. That's the deal. What was driving abolitionists all the way back in the 1600s even to start to say, hey, this is wrong? Well, what it was was a belief in God that human rights should cover everybody, including slaves who also should agree with that. Now, there were people who said, no, God doesn't want that. God wants slaves. And there was a lot of fighting about that within the church. The church broke up. The reason that there are so many different denominations in different is be, in some respect is because of slavery. Because some Christians, particularly slave owners, said, I don't think it's wrong that a slave owner should be uh, ordained as pastor. Or I don't think it's wrong for a person to own another human being for any particular reason. Most Christians said, no, that's not true. And people said, well, you don't have a right to tell me how to interpret the Scripture. And then other Christians said, actually, we do, because this is not complicated uh, in the Bible, that all people are made in the image of God, male and female, he created them, and we all should have these rights. That's something that, you know, the original sin of our country with slavery was always already a fight, even before we started, and it ended up in a terrible civil war. But the reason for that is because our rights come from outside the government. If they just come from the government, then you can do what you want. The government can do what it wants. And it is the problem. that it, And it's a huge problem that we misunderstand God in our social square today. And I would encourage you to do your best to to learn a little bit about who God is, how we interact with government in our country, and how that's been different as believers or as people who are um, believing God? How do we interact 
why do we have things the way they are and what the history of that is. Because even when there were Christian governments, like actually Christian, meaning theocracies, you know, the, the Puritan experience uh, didn't really work because they forced you to be a believer, right? And they forced you to pay your, your tithe and they forced you to do certain things. Well, that didn't even work because God doesn't force you. I mean, one day you'll be you'll be standing in judgment. Did you receive Jesus or not? I believe that. And at that point, you your eternal destiny is sealed. But you can uh, come to Jesus, and He'll tell you what He wants, and you can follow Him or you can walk away. That's that is there, and I don't think you should. I think you should follow Him. But it's important to understand this because as we are in a time here where we are losing, our, I think, the freedom of our country. A big part of that is the misunderstanding of where our rights come from, and that comes from the misunderstanding of what the church is. And as believers, we have that obligation to be the church, to be not people who are looking for political power. Jesus never said, you know, uh, go and become, go take over the Roman Senate. Um, But at the same time, if you're going to get into government, which I think is just fine as a Christian, you should, but you should be about good government. And you should be about governing well. You should be about realizing that our rights come from the Lord, and you should defend those rights for everybody. And that's just the beginning of that conversation. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. And uh, we're on every day from 3 to 5. It's great to have you here. You can follow us on the socials at Pastor Scott Show. You can give us a follow right now. And you can also get the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show and give us a follow. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. The problem with that is that they are determining man Men, mm-hmm. it is yeah, men, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. That is uh, Heidi Prisbyla, I might be mispronouncing her name, on Christian nationalism on a comment on MSNBC where she criticized Christians, particularly Christians on the right, but she's kind of lumping everybody in together. That's part of what the conversation is about, um, of coming up with the idea that our rights come from God which she seems to misunderstand that they actually come from God because, well, they do, and Christians certainly believe that, but so did our founders. That's what our our country was founded on. Now, I wanted to give, you've probably heard that clip where she says that, this is what that clip is, it's a 1D. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. So that's the comment that uh, goes against the founding of our country, but it goes against the history of things. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So she goes on to say these things here. The problem with that is that they are determining man, men, mm-hmm. it is yeah, men, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, for, mm-hmm. Catholicism, for instance, it's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Right. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. So she's going to talk about uh, natural law. I mean, I don't know if this feels like, uh, I'm not trying to give you a philosophy lesson here, but I think this is something that is important for us to get. And it's, and it's this, 
if God is for real, if there is a God, if he is the creator, if the Bible story of God is true, that he created us, there was a fall, there is a savior, his name is Jesus, he rose again from the dead, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And if there is sin, if there is is cosmic judgment of what is right and wrong, meaning I don't get to decide what right and wrong is, and, and nobody you know gets to decide that, that ultimately there is. All humans have felt this. All humans have felt this idea in every culture that there must be some kind of natural law. Why do we have a sense that there are things that are right and some a sense that certain things are wrong? And this seems to be part of the criticism that she is laying here, uh, I think incorrectly against Christians, because really this is a criticism of the way we got to where we are even in in freedom, the way you would understand the development of freedom over time, even if you go all the way back to like philosophers, okay, so people like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, people like that, Aristotle in particular, they discussed the idea of natural justice. Now, these people weren't religious, certainly not, there was no Christianity when they were there, and they weren't Jewish. I don't think any of them were, were Jewish. They were coming from a completely secular standpoint. They might have had their gods and their Greek gods and other things, but from a different perspective than you might have. But they were discussing the idea of natural justice based on the inherent nature of things. And there is no natural justice unless there is an inherent nature of things. There is no wrong or right unless there is an inherent nature. There is nothing wrong with stealing unless there's an inherent nature of somebody owning something that does not belong to you, right? If that if there's a nature that says, not everything belongs to me, some things belong to somebody else, and it's bad if I take that thing from that person without permission, you know, where does that come from? That Every culture thinks that there's something wrong with that. You know, cultures have different views on how to share stuff and community, you know, property and things. That's all fine. But at some point, you're Every culture is against taking something that is not yours at the wrong time or any time. Why? And what I'm really wanting us to understand is that there is truth in the universe. And the thing that is the most under attack in our world today, philosophically, politically, spiritually, educationally, is the idea that there's actual truth. And what you hear from a lot of people in the media is something that is the outgrowth of that philosophy that has been growing now for for many decades you the idea that there's not some kind of natural law that there isn't some kind of actual right and wrong uh, would just leave us in utter chaos. But there are people who are promoting that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Billy and Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, hello. Good Hi. afternoon. Hi, Billy. Now, I think this might be a good opportunity for us to actually take people into the Scripture because, you know, this lady's sitting here saying so emphatically um, these these wrong things about Christianity, and it would be a, it's a good time when we can, you know, well, let's, let's, let's investigate this together, you know, with our secular friends that aren't believers yet. And I don't know, I, I, you know, I know that my Lord's in charge, and he says that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And um, I just need to focus on spreading the truth that I know to the people that I know and um, leave these other guys up to people like you that know more than me. 
Well, I don't know that I know more than you, Billy, but I think I think one of the things you're saying here is right, is that, and that's part of the the issue I'm addressing here is not just that there are people in the media who don't understand the the these ideas that matter a lot because they're the foundation of who we are. You know, we're not going exactly. to we're not going to go anywhere as a country except in a bad direction if we don't even understand why we're a country and what it is we offer differently historically to the world. And a big part of that is freedom and that rights come from God, not government. And as soon as there's exactly. you know part of the struggle that we're having is if we're going to reject God in general, and if particularly if we're going to reject the, and I'm not even just talking about the Christian God, just God in general, or the idea that God should have be given our rights, well, then we are headed down the road to tyranny. You know, we're headed down the road that people fought so hard to go against, that people got on a boat and left to find a new land, right, for that. Not that they did everything yeah. right, yeah. but that's yeah. all, you know, I guess we can go to Mars pretty soon. You know, maybe, maybe we can get to uh, the moon, you know, uh, if those uh, if our spaceships don't uh, tip over all the time, we landed on the moon. But Billy, you're also right about Christians' role in in caring for their neighbor because the way you find out about Christianity and what it is is by through relationship, through Correct. relationship yeah, with the people, people don't that care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's one way to look at it. But Billy, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Thank appreciate you, appreciate it. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. And it's just getting to where I think it's important that we understand some things about our faith and claims that we make as Christian people. That claim ultimately is about the truth. Okay, and that bothers people, I think, sometimes because you're saying what you're saying that your way is right and everyone else's is wrong. My argument is yes, but so does everybody else say that. Okay, that everybody thinks that their way of thinking is right, and their their interpretation of who God is and who we are is right. You're not going to go to a you know a mosque somewhere and hear the imam you know get up front and say ah those uh, those uh, Catholics might be right. He's not going to say that. You know, he's not going to say the Baptist might be right, and you're not going to go to, you know, some uh, place where they're practicing some kind of Eastern religion, and, and they're going to say, you know what, all this uh, may not be doing anything for us. You know, maybe uh, that's every group thinks that their way of approaching God or approaching however they conceive God is right. So don't be afraid to say, no, I think our way is right. And for Christians, one of the things I think that matters a lot is when we take a look at the world today, we see this concept. You know, one of the reasons to attack natural law is because the concept of natural law, which is developed for thousands of years, is something that ultimately weaves its way into Christianity to say, yeah, there is natural law and there's some, there is a lawgiver, and the lawgiver is God, right? See, if there's natural, and that's the problem that so many people would have with natural law is that if there is natural law, then there must be a lawgiver, and that makes me uncomfortable, so I'm just going to say there's not. And that is dangerous, and it is a place that leads to chaos and to war and to oppression. People like to say, ah, religion causes war. Not really, actually. It is It is the opposite that leads to that. You know, when you go find your your biggest warmongers, usually they are not religious or they have been religious at some point, but then they rejected it or they called themselves God. But you don't find uh, people who are uh, except in uh, radical Islam, 
frankly. You don't find too many people who are doing it for uh, God ultimately. Sometimes they say that, but they're not. You find atheism behind it, because if you are truly an atheist, and I think a lot of atheists really aren't, they're just mad at God or they're frustrated or God didn't work out for them or something they tried didn't work. But some people don't, excuse me, some people don't really believe in God. If you really don't believe in God, then your problem is there's no morality. You can say there's morality and you can try to come up with a humanistic theory. But if there's no God, then there's no natural law because there's no lawgiver. And therefore, you know, there's no accountability at the end of the day for our murders and our rapes and our discriminations and our racism and whatever it is that you want to say. None of that stuff can be wrong unless there is a cosmic lawgiver who says it's ultimately wrong and there's accountability for all of that. And see, when you study thought and where it goes and Christianity and what Jesus brings to the table and what Christianity at its best brings to the table when we're really following Jesus, you realize God is real. The stories of God that are in the scripture are true. And there is a way I should behave. There is a way that I should make decisions. There is a spiritual reality that's just as real as the car you're sitting in or the chair you're sitting on or the house that you're on or the air that you breathe, that it is the laws of of spiritual truth are just as true and real as the laws of physics, as what we learn about gravity. And this time that we're living in, it's crucial to understand, number one, that what we believe is actually true. And then secondly, there is an attack on those things that is, whether it's deliberate in some cases or in other cases, just going with the flow of of the culture, it is it is an attack on what is real and the pain and the division and so many things we have. It's because we have a real, actual battle. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, I'll see your call there, Cynthia, and I'll get to your other calls as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Before the break, I was talking about the reason we should see and understand our faith And if you're new to our program, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We look at issues of the day from a Christian perspective that we should see our faith as something that is true. And I think something that happens in the just the way maybe people who aren't Christians or just people who sort of look at things in in a different way is that it's off. Maybe even a lot of Christians we don't see it as truth, meaning that spiritual truth is somehow different than scientific or, um, you know, physiological truth or physic truth, meaning that it's true that if I jump off the building here, I'm going to fall to the ground to my death. That's true because there's gravity, which is for real. It's going to happen. That is for real. There is no way I'm going to take off and fly as much as I would enjoy that. That's not, that's not humanly possible. It is not possible. And I need to understand that that spiritual truths are every bit as truthful as that. 
I'm not sure that we gather that so much. And in that, I think it hinders even our understanding of humility before God, humility about ourselves, humility before the Scripture, our actual searching into who um, God is. Because if we're just looking for God in a way that fits whatever narrative I want, whatever truth I want, I guess we can make that God up. But that doesn't make it real. God is real whether I say he is or not. You know, God is what God is regardless of what I say or your favorite teacher says. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Kinthea, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Kinthea. Okay. Um, it seems that there is good news and there is bad news in the Bible. And the bad news seems to be about the formidable enemy that we need to fight, the powers, the principalities, and the rulers of the dark world, and how Satan has come on earth knowing that his time is short and he's come with great wrath. And we see everything that is happening in the world. We're witnessing it, so we we understand it. But there's also good news, which is we've already won that battle, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can crush Satan, and we can, uh, he's given us, uh, let's see, authority over serpents and scorpions, over all powers of the enemy, and nothing will harm us. And so we have these great promises that we can lean into, and it also says that with unity among believers, we can fight evil. And so I think we have to understand what are the powers, principalities, and rulers of the dark world? Well, the powers that be right now are cartels and syndicates, organized crime, um, terrible lobbies that are changing laws to change parental rights, and all There's these a, things. There's a whole lot of deception in or, organized deception that's going vote. on. Yeah, and organized deception and more susceptible to cheating. There's there's organized so deception. All I just of those think things. that we have a lot of work to do together, but we can do it, and we can pray for revival, and we can pray for the breakage of strongholds. Well, and I think that's something that is also part of the reality, is we may not understand. And this is a this is coming from a Christian standpoint, right? Is I think these things are real. I think the devil is real. I think the spiritual realities are real. And I think the agendas that gather all these different things that you were talking about together to do harm or to cause deception, that that's actually happening. There might be some incorrect perceptions of that that Christians have sometimes, but something is happening that is spiritual, that is every bit as real as uh, anything else that we know. Yes, and something else that we know from the Scriptures is that it says the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. So mystery means hidden in Greek. So it's hidden work. We can't really see exactly who's doing it. We don't know exactly who the evildoers are necessarily, who's trafficking children, what's happening at the border, but we we see the evidence of what's happening in the world. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that's why it's a difficult fight, because we're fighting sort of the unseen realm of evil. That's right. Kinthea, thank you for calling the uh, Pastor Scott Show. And what she said is uh, really important that we see that that is unseen, you know, that, and that doesn't make it not real. In the book of 1 Corinthians, there is, Paul addresses this whole thing, that God's wisdom is revealed by the Spirit. 
And you know, one point he says this, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord is to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. It is a important thing for Christians. And I think maybe hard to talk about and partially hard to talk about because Christians have messed this up a lot, right? When somebody says, you know, well, the Lord is telling me this, or God has said this, or they've misrepresented things, you know, on either on purpose or deliberately, and it's not actually true at the end of the day, that hurts our testimony. Uh, in the Old Testament, you would stone that person. Uh, in the New Testament, you you just don't have anything to do with that person unless they repent, right? It's such an important thing that we're humble enough to really realize that we have to search out what might be true and to not get terribly specific, you know, with things, but to understand that there is a spiritual reality. And if what she just said, what Kinthea just said is correct, that if you want to understand, if you see the disintegration that is all around us, that exists everywhere, the it's not really something that's hard to understand. If you're wondering, you know, how did we get here? How come we can't even define what a woman is today? You know, how is that so hard to do? I Googled it in one of those brand new AI things, the one that's on Google. It's funny, I Googled it on Google's AI thing, and Google's AI thing is in all kinds of heat because it's just coming out with one leftist answer after another. So it's it's not – some of the other ones are pretty good at sort of giving you a balance and says, oh, these people think that and these people think this. The Google one just gives you as far left as you can get on different things. And then it recommends only far left websites to go and learn more. And uh, that can't be – something that just a computer is doing that's deliberate right and you know when i ask it that it it says well you know what's a woman well that's really hard to define and it starts to describe that you know adult human female is not hard to figure that out but that's where we are today we're confused about that we're confused about many things that used to be unquestionable that even scientifically are unquestionable today and we're confused for real reasons because there are things that are spiritual. There are things that are going on to bring about that confusion, which ultimately brings about harm and death and everything that is painful. What I'm trying to say, everybody, is that we live in a world where there are not just physical realities, but there are spiritual realities, and they're the same. They're not different. That whatever is true, they might be harder to discern, and harder to understand, but they are equally true and created by the same person. There is a lawgiver, and there is someone who made natural law. There is a reason why we think certain things are true and th- certain things are false, or certain things are good and certain things are bad. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, as a parent, that's one of my favorite verses, of course. But one of the things that's so interesting is that It doesn't say children obey your parents in the Lord because the Ten Commandments tell you to honor your parents. It doesn't say, you know, obey your parents because uh, Jesus said to obey your parents. It says, for this is right. And, you know, what's interesting about that comment is that every culture in the world thinks it's right that children obey their parents. It's just right. We know it's right. It's obviously right. You know, where is it good for a child to rebel against their parents? Only in modern 
a, a modern sense of bad philosophy to tear down the family, to tear down what is right? Do you encourage a child to disobey their parents? And really hardly anybody even does that now. There are certain things that are just right and certain things that are just wrong. Right? Murder is wrong. You know, there are exceptions for things like war, and you can have an argument about capital punishment and things. But deliberately, premeditatively murdering somebody else because they wronged you or because they have something that you want, every culture in the world thinks that's wrong. Why? Because there are spiritual realities that are just as much of reality as anything that you see in front of you right now. It's just as true as the traffic that's in front of you. It's just as true as the radio or the app that you're listening to this on. It is for real. And in all of that, it should lead us to another conclusion. And it's a conclusion that says that we can trust in the Lord, that this can be done, and also that we can grow in the Lord. Romans one twenty for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And that's the natural law part. We've seen it. The philosophers saw it. They didn't, you weren't even sure about God. Every culture sees it in the things that have been made. So we are without excuse. And that's where we are as human beings, without excuse. There is spiritual truth. All right, everybody. Hey, I want to remind you about Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. It is coming up on March 12th. It's Tuesday. That is in two weeks already, March 12th. Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. It's with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. It's going to be at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. You can get there from any freeway in Southern California. Take your right up there. It's just a a little north of the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And it's a Jewish-Christian dialogue between Dennis Prager and Alan Jackson. It's going to be very informative. And speaking about truth, you know, you want to know what's, what people believe, what is actually, how do you discern what is true of what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening between different groups of people would be that kind of conversation. Everybody's invited and uh, tickets are available at kkla.com. So go to kkla.com right now, click the banner that says, ask a Jew, ask a Christian. It'll take you to, right to the website. Get your tickets now before they sell out. I think there are still some premium tickets left where you get to come early and meet Dennis Prager and uh, meet Alan Jackson and uh, some other people there. And otherwise, the event starts at 7 o'clock sharp, March 12th, Tuesday, Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. So check that out. Go to kkla.com. I look forward to seeing you there. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on social media right now, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And you can follow us on Rumble and even watch us live on Rumble if you're on that app. Just look for us at Pastor Scott Show. On all of it, we're at Pastor Scott Show. All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com